Good morning. This is Rob Russell with Black Laces. And today we're going to be taking a look at my 2022 Systematic Racism, Racism Awards. And it's really interesting that here we are in 2023, and we're going to look back at 2022. And first on, first on top of the list is Duke University. Mike Krzyzewski retired from the legendary basketball program, which he built after 33, 34 years. And Duke University had an opportunity to hire the very best coach, the best fit, and to send a message to corporate America that Duke University, which has ideals and uh, aspirations of being uh, somewhat like Harvard University or University of Michigan, and they had a decision to make. Who would follow the les legendary Coach K? Well, they picked up uh, John Shire. He, young guy, 31, 32 years old, was uh, played at Duke, very good player, and uh, was uh, Coach K's assistant. However, uh, I have a problem with that. There was a player uh, that was a former player, uh, much more experienced, a better player, a someone who anyone looking at it would say is a much better candidate. You would have to say that uh, John Shire, uh, his resume to take over Duke University is skimpy. But Tommy Amaker, a former player, played with Johnny Dawkins, um, and was really the start of the um, greatness at Duke. Tommy Amaker was a point guard, led them to the ACC championship game, blah, blah, blah. Went on to coach, a head coach at Seton Hall, did very well, and uh, he then got the University of Michigan job. He did not reach a uh, Final Four uh, lofty goals. He did not win a national championship at the University of Michigan, but that learning experience of uh, being a head coach at Seton Hall, rebuilding, recruiting in New Jersey, then going to the University of Michigan, and as we, we all know that the University of Michigan, if you don't win, you're going to be out. He was fairly successful, could have been more successful, but he worked with the admissions, which University of Michigan, like Duke, uh, doesn't take anyone off the street, per se, and working with the uh, large, very large uh, booster base. He did a pretty good job, but they let him go. And then Tommy Amaker goes to Harvard University, which has no history, really, of basketball tradition, and makes them, in 2017, 2018, 16, a perennial top 20 team. Now, that's a very difficult task. So here you have Duke University where they're telling uh, corporate America that uh, there's got to be diversity in the boardrooms. There's got to be diversity in the workforces. They have so many departments, uh, earmarks, uh, inclusion in society. And Duke University, but their most prized possession is uh, the basketball. And the, so, again, they thought that John uh, John Shire is a better candidate than Tommy Amaker. 
in no world would that be the case. It, it is Tommy Amaker is a favorite son that has taken over three Division I basketball programs and won. He was a better player. Tommy Amaker has much more experience. Uh, they say that until you sit in the first seat, you really are not a coach. And so you would take someone who's the marquee, the, the, the most elite college program, and the board, the committee came up with John Shire. I doubt it, but uh, Mike Krzyzewski probably had input in this. But the point is that they are the recipients of the 2022 Systematic Racism Award that I'm giving out. Nobody would, no black player should go and play at Duke now. When you look at Tommy Amaker versus John Shire, how about Johnny Dawkins? He was a tremendous player, coached at Stanford. I think Stanford uh, has similar uh, academic standards than Duke, but um, Johnny Dawkins' body of work doesn't compare to Tommy Amaker's body of work. There's no question about it. Tommy Amaker can recruit. He's done the academic workload at Duke. He's worked at these incredible institutions that have tons of pressure, both academically and athletically, and he has succeeded. But they went with an unproven head coach, an unproven coach on John Shire. It does not matter if John Shire becomes the second, uh, John, the second uh, coming of John Wooden or Mike Krzyzewski. It is at that point in time. How could you possibly take a John Shire over Tommy Amaker? There is no way, no how. And I, I would just want to give a quote from the uh, CBS uh, commentator on pro football, former Pittsburgh Steelers coach, Bill Cower. He was talking about Nathaniel Hackett of the Denver Broncos, and he says, until you get into the head coaching, your time management, which... Hackett had at Denver, it gets better. And he was imploring the Walmart-based Walmart uh, Denver Broncos owners to give him another year. He says, you get better as a coach. So here you have Tommy Amaker with these great, great basketball uh, pedigree. He's proven it on the court. He's proven it in the classroom. He's proven it at three institutions, and yet Duke would not hire them. You think about it, Tommy Amaker, a favorite son, a much better player than John Shire, a much better uh, proven on paper and in reality coach than, jo uh, than John Shire. But Duke University went the other way. So they're the number one uh, 2022 Systematic Racism Awards. They're really Duke University, the whole board, the institution. You have to say um, they're hypocrites. They had an opportunity to show the world, show corporate America, that if all things being equal, they might hire a black person to set the example for corporations or police departments or fire departments. But they had, they had such a lopsided decision. John Shire versus Tommy Amaker is um, Larry Bird versus Tom, uh, Greg Kite in terms of basketball skills. It is um, an unbelievable decision that was made. They sent, they sent a message to corporate America, even if people are equal, it doesn't matter. Nope. 
always go with the white guy. And even if it's a lopsided decision, you're okay. We'll back you up. We're going to hire the white guy that had no right to be hired. No right, no way, no how. Now let's look back at North Carolina. The Blue uh, the Tar Heels, the rivals, the arch rivals of Duke. They had an opportunity after Dean Smith to hire many, many black coaches, but they hired Matt Doherty. I have no problems with Matt Doherty. He didn't work out. He was a former player, and um, all signs said he would be a good coach. They came back uh, this time around, and they hired Hubert Davis, played in the NBA, a black man, black coach, paid his dues. He was an incredible player, as you all know. That, was a, that turned out to be a pretty good hire. And the, the John Shire one, I'm never going to let that go. It says that Duke University, all their ideals in their uh, social justice programs and inclusion and diversity, it means nothing. Because when the chips were down, they took an unproven white guy versus Tommy Amaker. Harvard University, Seton Hall, and University of Michigan, those three experiences, the fact that he was a better player, he seasoned, he would be the perfect fit for Duke University. The next up, and you have to look at the bowl games, whether it's the Fiesta Bowl, the Holiday Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, the Music Bowl, the Pinstripe Bowl. After every single game, the bowls, you see a trophy presentation and the president of the Fiesta Bowl, the president of the Holiday Bowl, and what do you see? You see 50, 60-year-old bloated white men giving out the trophy. The Rose Bowl, I think, has a person of color who's the executive director. But my eyes do not deceive me. I watched, sadly to say, uh, two games, 16 bowl games, nothing to do in my life. But watch bowl games and at 10 30, 11 o'clock on ESPN, on Fox, you would inevitably saw a trophy presentation. All white guys giving the trophy to pretty much white coaches. And in my point of view, these uh, little bowl games are really uh, fiefdoms for white corporate America. But again, the people that. Uh, choose, make the decision-making to head up these bowl games. I don't think it's a very uh, excruciating job. They go with uh, Johnny Smith, 58 years old, 63, bloated, looks like they like to drink, and it's the good old boy network. So you've got the bowl situation, and then you've got the head of the NCAA, of course, is going to be Charlie Baker, white, and who's next up? Who's next up for Roger Goodell? It's the same old, same old. And again, you want inclusion in society. You want fairness. And this is sports. Do you really think the Fiesta Bowl or the Holiday Bowl even brought in anyone of color? This is a uh, very systematic and it's emblematic of racism in sports. And that's why Black Laces is out to change it, to make it fair. Because on the playing field, we have competition. We have the utmost competition, whether it's college, high school, you've got to prove it, and you've got an audience, you've got observers, the media, but these bowl games should be ashamed of themselves, and the newspapers, the media, social outlets, they should really question this, but they don't, 
And it's very interesting that all these talk radio hosts, all these writers, all these uh, talking pieces on ESPN, Fox, CBS, they're going to tell you how the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals should make up the game. And all these scenarios, these, these white media types are coming up with a thousand playoff scenarios. And this is how it could work. Give them a tie, flip a coin, you name it. They do it. They come up with it. They think about it. Not one of them comes up with how to uh, make sports more inclusionary at the bowl game level or at the NFL coaching level. They don't come up with things, but they'll come up with a million reasons why overtime should be this or the playoff format should be this, but none of them. And uh, an NFL insider, um, Mr. Breer, came on Boston uh, radio station. I forget Breer's name. He's a football guy, and uh, whether it's inside football or whatever, and he was asked about diversity in the National Football League. And he came up with he mentioned, you know, it's pretty difficult to come up with, you know, a solution. But he mentioned that one of the obstacles is that an intern might only get 5000 a year. So it's an economic reason. But it's not an economic reason for uh, Kyle Shanahan, Nathaniel Hackett, Steve Belichick. doesn't bother them that they might take a low salary. But he's, the implication is that black... Um, Coaches or uh, aspiring to be in the NFL, it would be a, a, a real uh, an ego that they couldn't take five or ten thousand or fifteen thousand the first year. Uh, I think they they've done a lot of things free. An athlete has worked out for 10, 15 years in hopes of the pie in the sky, the big payout, and they know if you get into coaching, at some point you're making five hundred thousand a year. If your uh, father was in the league, Andy Reid's son. Norv Turner, his son's an offensive coordinator, uh, Rex Ryan, all these people, they have no right, no business being in the NFL over Jerry Rice and Emmett Smith, Bruce Smith. But again, this Burt Breer is his name, starts talking about, well, it's the economics. It's not the economics. It's the same thing when a woman who's a soccer coach, a field hockey coach at an institution, college, and she doesn't even, and she wins an NCAA tournament, and she's making two hundred fifty thousand a year, and and some, and, and you you raise the question: Well, did uh, they interview her for the athletic director? She uh, athletic director. She seems to have all the all the skills that you would need: recruiting and understanding what coaches go through. Blah blah blah. But fundraising. And what happens is people say, "Well, she wouldn't take the job because of money." A lot of coaches. Yes, Nick Saban would not take an athletic director's job because he makes ten million a year. But someone that's making two hundred thousand as the soccer coach certainly would take a look at the athletic position. So here we go with the uh, again my awards number three up. Uh, the Jeff Saturday, come off the streets, former player with the Indianapolis Colts. And I do have a problem with Jeff Saturday coming off the street to be the head coach. Uh, did they bring in Marvin Harrison? Did they bring in uh, Bennett, the great pass rusher? They did not. 
did they bring in the uh, great receiver? I can't think of his name right now. Marvin Harrison, of course. Did they bring in um, Edwin James? No, they brought Saturday, who was a better player. Again, you look at it and you say, gee, Marvin Harrison, he's been working in the game, getting his son ready to play football. He's probably got more coaching experience than Jeff Saturday. And, and you'd say, who was a better player? Uh, but again, when you take someone off the street, that's okay. I, I have no problem taking someone off the street. But did you interview that peer group of off the street? It would have to be comparing Jeff Saturday to great Indianapolis Colts players and who have no real coaching experience. So you would have to look at the roster um, and look at the former players and say, gee, who was great? Yeah, Jeff Saturday wasn't great. He was pretty good, but that's all right. Did you bring in other black former players with a cult history? And they probably did not. So here you have my three awards. Duke University, the whole entire bowl business, bowl games, and you have Jeff Saturday over any other former Colts player, Marvin Harrison and Edgar and James uh, Bennett, that great pass rusher. And that's the problem. It is not that, um, that these three situations, um, it happened independently. No, they didn't happen independently. It's when the chips are down, we're gonna go hire a white person over a black person and it's got to change and the fans have got to stand up and say I'm not gonna wear a Duke University uh, jacket I'm not gonna play for Duke University if, if I'm a person of color and these and the bowl systems it is really it's it's so out to lunch there is no one who's 35 years old young and again, they're all 58, 63-year-old men, the good old boy network. And then you look at the Jeff Saturday. So that's 2022. Let's hope that 2023 is a better year. This is Rob Russell with Black Laces. And I look forward to your feedback. And I wish you all a very Merry New Year.